Hey, thanks for joining us today. On this episode, we have Julianne Kowalski with us to talk about all things human trafficking. We learn what to watch out for, how to protect our communities, sex work, fast fashion, and more. Thanks for being with us. Now let's get into it. Today we have a very special guest. I'm so excited. We've uh, I was just sharing how I've kind of always known who you are, but we've never like sat down and talked or done anything like that. So I'm going to let you introduce yourself because I don't want to butcher anything. <laughs> I don't want to do it. But we have Julianne Kowalski. Yeah, you got it. I love it. It's the greatest <laughs> thing ever. But Julianne, tell us a little bit about yourself. You got it. My name is Julianne. I love um, lots of things. I <laughs> am so happy to be here. And I've worked in Thailand for the past two years with uh-huh. Free Reign International. Mm-hmm. And then COVID brought me back to America. So mm-hmm. now I'm here working and um, hanging out with family and friends and uh-huh. doing some work in the justice world. Yes. Okay, cool. Well, let's let's get to know you just real it. quick. And then we're going to hop in to free reign international and the work you do which is very powerful stuff so, but okay hobbies favorite thing say it's uh you have a moment on a saturday you got two hours to just kick back relax focus on something what is it i love to read nice i'm i'm like very introvert so a nice uh-huh. like if i'm sitting in the sun with like uh-huh. a cup of tea and a uh-huh. book that's like I, I want to be outside with the sun on my face. Oh. I love it so much. <laughs> okay. Beach person or no? I like the beach, but I don't like the water. <laughs> oh, same. I don't like yeah. the water at all. Yeah. I don't will not get in it. I've, no, I like I've, to look at it. I haven't gone on gone in in years, probably. Ten years probably. Wow. I'm not about it. Yeah. I think but, it's pretty, but yeah. not interested. Okay, favorite food. Oh, Cinnabon. Cinnabon. Yes. Okay, do you get the cases of six, though, (laughs) or do you just get one? No, I just get one. Just one? Just one big one, Uh and then that'll last me, like, a day and a half. (laughs) (laughs) You're better than me. I'll eat it once soon. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, you want to maybe start a little bit by talking to us about just human trafficking, because that's what we're going to be talking about a lot. I think... Even in when we're discussing it with the people who I was discussing these questions with, I think a lot of people immediately think of sex trafficking, Mm -hmm. which is a part of it. But I don't think we necessarily know the scope of everything. So this conversation, I'm going to be learning tons (laughs) and I'm very excited. I'm very excited for the people who are listening to kind of learn these things. But you want to maybe talk about that? Like, what is it? What does it entail? Maybe some things. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So. Human trafficking happens globally. It happens Mm -hmm. in every country and every city. Um, I've heard of so many cases happening here in Norco. Wow. Um, And so it's it's a very important topic that I'm glad we're talking about it. Mm -hmm. Um, It is most well known with sex trafficking. Mm -hmm. um, But a big part of it is labor trafficking, which tends to get a little less attention. Mm -hmm. Um, Those are the two that we focus on and and where we get survivors from. but it's, yeah, I mean, it changes in a, in Western countries. It looks mm-hmm. like something. And then overseas in third world countries, it kind of looks a little different. Mm-hmm. How so? So in Western countries, I'm still learning all this because okay. it's new to me uh-huh. to be in a Western country. Uh-huh. Um, here it is. The two main ways that people are trafficked is familial 
trafficked by family uh-huh. and then and they call it the boyfriend effect. Mm-hmm. So trafficked by someone who's pretending to be your boyfriend. Oh, wow. Um, so it's very organized crime, which blows my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but these people are very smart. I remember when we were in Thailand and we were having our little conference and then someone was telling us like um, traffickers have conferences like this also. What? You know, like they're they're also having finding ways to get more people into their um, organization. And so it's very, very organized. Uh-huh. People will work on one girl for a year before they actually start trafficking her. Wow. So um, the Romeo effect basically is um, um, usually like a vulnerable girl. Mm-hmm. Um, trafficking also happens with men also, but the mm-hmm. Romeo effect, um, I've seen it a lot with females. Mm-hmm. And um, traffickers will prey on people that are vulnerable. So it's really their vulnerability that makes them attractive to traffickers. Um, so people with low self-esteem, mm-hmm. people with not good family life looking to go somewhere else and not mm-hmm. be home, mm-hmm. um, people that have been sexually abused before. Mm-hmm. Um, all of those um, are things that traffickers will look for. If someone's sad, if someone's going through something, um, they'll look and see who is struggling and then mm-hmm. focus in on that person. Then they'll um, just get into their inner circle and begin to show, you know, if someone's vulnerable and sad and looking for love somewhere, mm-hmm. then um, they're going to accept any love that comes their way. So this mm-hmm. person will keep showing interest, buy them new things, mm-hmm. dream with them about their future, um, get them to move away from their family, move in with them possibly. And then he'll begin saying, well, we just really need to pay rent. Like, mm-hmm. can you just take like one client? Can mm-hmm. you just take one customer? And then it just continues after that. So mm-hmm. a lot of survivors I've heard didn't even know they were being trafficked. Like, it's not something that they know is happening. They just mm-hmm. know, like, I don't like this, but they don't know I'm a trafficking victim. Wow. Yeah. So just it's almost like creating this complete fake life. Mm hmm. Where it's just like, yeah, I care about you. We're in this together, but really I'm just using you for whatever it may be. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Mm -hmm. And that can happen here. Like people can be sold in the hotels is really, I've really heard about it here in Norco and Mm -hmm. motels, even in homes can be brothels. So it's, Mm -hmm. you just, you just don't ever know what you're really looking at. And so let's say here in something like that, is it? something where they get these people to move far away is it always like that or is it maybe they're still even in their hometown and yeah definitely they can be in their hometown uh-huh. transportation is just one of um, the characteristics of trafficking so it's not like it doesn't need they don't need to be transported somewhere mm-hmm. usually sometimes they are just to get them away from their support system mm-hmm. um but yeah there's i've heard survivor stories where you know they're going to school and they're being trafficked you know mm-hmm. like it's happening while they're going to the doctors still and while they're seeing their friends still, wow mm-hmm. really like their family still seeing their family and they ha- just have no idea mm-hmm. yeah and then you talked about um labor mm-hmm because that's a big one. And I think yeah. you're very passionate about that from what I understand. Yeah. Um, so maybe do you want to talk about that and what that looks like here in other countries? Yeah. Um, because I think that's one that I personally don't truly understand or get. Because like I said, I think most people think of human trafficking as sex trafficking. Mm-hmm. But there's many other ways and specifically um, labor. Yeah. So do you want to maybe 
unpack that a little bit and what that looks like? Yeah, absolutely. We as an organization have become very passionate about mm-hmm. um, fighting labor trafficking. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, the biggest, the easiest way to explain it is um, through fast fashion. Um, a lot of the fast fashion stores, um, H&M, Forever 21, um, Nike, mm-hmm. Victoria's Secret. You say these things and it's like immediately I'm like, I shop at <laughs> all these places, you know? And yeah. I think that, sorry, just continue. Go I'm ahead. Good. I'm just going to let you keep talking. Yeah. No, absolutely. It's mm-hmm. intimidating. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we started learning as an organization of all these things that were happening. Um And basically what will happen is these, if you look on the tags of what you buy, it will usually say like Bangladesh, Cambodia, Uh all these different countries. Um, Mm -hmm. And the reason they source from there is because the the regulations for their workers are so low there. Like there's no upkeep, there's no safety laws. And if there are, no one's making sure. Really upholding them. Yeah, upholding them. Um, And so these men and women that are... um, working to make our clothes are being paid pennies Mm -hmm. because their minimum wage is so low there and no one's making sure that they're even getting their minimum wage. And Mm -hmm. so they'll, they'll work them at least 12 hours a day in horrible Mm -hmm. conditions. Um, there's been like earthquakes and like buildings will fall just like crumble because no one's making sure that the building's up to code. Mm -hmm. Um, and so they're just working in really, really awful working conditions. And mm-hmm. I've met, um, I've heard a lot of survivors um, share that they were, um, the ones that were surviving from labor trafficking have said that they would rather be sex trafficked than labor trafficking. Wow. Like that's how bad the conditions are. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just very brutal. Uh-huh. And so um, a lot of the clothes we're buying are being made there. Mm-hmm. And um, that's just something that, people don't really want to hear because it's it's yeah, a lifestyle I, like, change i don't want to hear that yeah. you know i i 100 but that's just the truth yeah you know and you can't mm-hmm. really necessarily hide from the truth yeah it's just it is what it is there's yeah. no way around that so okay maybe somebody like me who's listening where's all those things what does one do obviously there's the okay i'm not going to support this i'm not going to mm-hmm. buy it right that's probably the first one mm-hmm. but i think it would take a long time for that to catch on wholeheartedly maybe. So maybe there's things that, um, a labor unions or what does that look like? I guess, how do you fight back against that specifically? Yeah, absolutely. It's a really good question. Um, and I've been on this journey for about four years now and Mm -hmm. I've, I started with, I was so intimidated at first because I was like, what, mm-hmm. what can I even buy? Yeah. <laughs> and so I just started, um, I first just started to buy less, buy less things and make the things I have last as long as they can. Uh-huh. Um, and then I, I just started, um, of course, shopping fair trade. I mean, that's to support companies that are empowering their workers and not uh-huh. exploiting them is the uh-huh. best thing to do. Do you maybe want to share a few of those? If you have any yeah, at the top of your yeah, head absolutely. real quick, sorry. Oh, you're good. So um, let's see. There's um, Patagonia is really good. Uh-huh. They're really, really sweet to their employees. Um, mm-hmm. Ben and Jerry's, they're uh-huh. the first ice cream company to ever uh-huh. um, have fair trade ice cream. Oh, wow. Um, also, like uh, local coffee shops, most of their beans will be um, sourced ethically when mm-hmm. like chain coffee shops won't, like Starbucks, Starbucks and 
coffee bean probably mm-hmm. are not sourced ethically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so free. That's our organization. Uh-huh. So our girls make, um, we have, I think we have seven survivors right now in mm-hmm. our programs in Thailand. And they're making beanies and scarves and mm-hmm. slippers. So finding organizations like that, mm-hmm. um, that you know, it's very transparent. Like you can see where the girls are working. Our girls sign their name on everything they make just because mm-hmm. they're, you know, we want to show like they're they're being empowered, you know. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so those are just a couple that come to mind. Mm-hmm. And then, sorry, I cut you off when you are talking about okay. things that you could do because you talked about um, just shopping locally mm-hmm. and doing that. Is there anything on top of that? Yeah, um, thrifting. Mm-hmm. So once I started, like, okay, I really need to, once I moved back to America, I was like, I need to figure this out because now I'm in America and it's yeah. so easy. Um, and so I strictly cut off all, um, I only shopped, I only thrift now. Mm-hmm. So it's, I don't really go to Target, you know, I don't really go to these places because there's things I want, but Mm -hmm. I'm not going to buy them. Mm -hmm. And that's just a decision I've made. It's a really Mm -hmm. um, big decision, but I've been in this for four years. So it's been a process. And now I'm used to it. So I know, you know, there's Facebook Marketplace, maybe look Mm -hmm. there for something instead of buying it. Mm-hmm. Um, firsthand, um, there's thrift stores and there's OfferUp. Just there's there are a lot of um, resources to get uh-huh. things more ethically. I mean, it's not perfect, mm-hmm. but you're not um, contributing to something else being made. You mm-hmm. know. And then when you're talking about the fast fashion mm-hmm. aspect of it, like Nike, is there say? You said there's certain countries like if it's made from here, it's for sure. Like you're. Yeah. It's the labor conditions are terrible. Yeah. Do you want to maybe name a few? Yeah. Yeah. Bangladesh is like, like, I don't know if it's number one, but it's really Mm -hmm. high up there. They Mm -hmm. had a huge um, catastrophe with one of their buildings that fell. It's really sad. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would say any, anywhere in Asia, a lot Mm -hmm. of things are made in China, um, Vietnam, Cambodia, Indonesia, Thailand, um, if it's yeah, if it's made in Asia, then that's probably not a good sign. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you see something that's like a lot of things in Target, um, like the food and the candy and all that stuff, it'll actually or like uh, cosmetics will say made in the U.S. and that's a very good sign. Mm-hmm. If it's made in America, if it's made in Europe, that's mm-hmm. um, Canada. Those are really good signs that those people making them are being treated fairly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's cool. And so you're talking about this thing. And I think for any sort of movement, it is intimidating when you Mm -hmm. hear it. And I'm sure you understand that, right? Because I'm sure a lot of people get excited at first, but then when you realize what comes with it, um, it's a sacrifice, I would assume, right? And Mm -hmm. so I think, I don't know, is there anything that you can do to maybe encourage somebody who's listening to this, who hears this and just feels overwhelmed or mm-hmm. like maybe they're not even ready to take that step. Like what was that process like for you? Because I think anybody who's living it mm-hmm. in any regard, like fighting against it, uh, going against the grain, like you've gone through that mental shift too. You've gone through that moment where you're thinking, oh, I don't know if I want to give this up or if I want to mm-hmm. do this. So maybe is there maybe an encouragement or what was your thought process going through that um, yeah. kind of switch? It really made me think when I moved back to America because I wasn't directly working with survivors anymore. Um, and it, it just made me think like, well, what can I do? And it, this is a very 
it seems small, but it's actually a really huge step. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't need to all happen at once because yeah. we're just going to get burnt out if mm-hmm. we just try to, you know, cut everything off mm-hmm. and just try to go 100% right away. So it's mm-hmm. really small steps mm-hmm. and finding um, products and companies that excite you, um, that make you like want to buy their stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's, you know, just little things at a time and even like buying Christmas presents, like I didn't know what to do at first when I decided uh-huh. this past year to not buy anything um, that mm-hmm. wasn't ethical. And so I, I really got into crafting. And mm-hmm. so it's really fun because we kind of get to discover different passions. You know, once we lay something down, we we get to see something else that God's given us to yeah. um, pursue and yeah. enjoy. And, uh-huh. you know, just to, um, it's fun for me to craft and people enjoy it. And it's a really nice gift. And so things mm-hmm. like that. Um, has been really fun and it's it's really increased my community mm-hmm. of knowing like um just like maybe I'm not going to buy something but maybe I'll borrow it and that yeah. that lets me see this person again and uh-huh. you know begin to build a relationship with them and mm-hmm. so doing that has been um just encouraging for me because it it is sustainable when we do it small steps at a time and um, we learn about you know what's happening and then other organizations that we want to support that are doing really good things it mm-hmm. it kind of helps you know when we mm-hmm. are not just giving something up but we're also picking up something which yeah. is you know freedom for us uh-huh. and freedom for others that's beautiful thank yeah. you for sharing that mm-hmm. and uh, just to go back to a little bit you shared about it earlier the boyfriend effect mm-hmm. and then I think the overall bigger, it's like this grooming process, right? Yeah. Um, do you want to maybe shed some light more on that and the specifics? Because I think the grooming process, like you said, people could be still living their everyday lives. Yeah. And they just don't realize that it's happening. So maybe the grooming process is something that we could talk about so people could maybe be watchful or mindful of these yeah. things, you know? So Absolutely. Um, it's so important that we know the signs that mm-hmm. someone might be being trafficked right in front of us. So um, a couple to remember is um, maybe if we're um, like in an airport or public transportation, that's a really, I mean, probably like 98% of trafficking victims have go through some type of transportation. You know, mm-hmm. they have to get, you know, whether it's a taxi or airport bus, train, mm-hmm. they're going somewhere or they're coming back from somewhere. Um And so if someone is um, secluding themselves, if someone's like either a young girl or a young guy with um, an older gentleman or a lot of traffickers actually are female. So that's something that shocks people. But yeah, I didn't. I was going to ask you that earlier. Mm -hmm. What's I guess what's that kind of the data on that, so to speak? Yeah, I didn't. We don't have anything specific, Mm -hmm. um, but even in our work in Thailand with the women being trafficked from Africa and um, South America, I mean, all the traffickers we worked with were women. And mm. that's just because women trust women more mm. than they'll trust men. And so it's, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're less likely to ask questions if a woman's, you know, trying to help us. Mm-hmm. So that one, it's, it's really difficult and it's mm. really unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. And so with that grooming process continuing on, so what are Mm -hmm. some of those signs in those Mm -hmm. transportation areas, buses, taxis, airport? Yeah, if um, someone, um, if they don't have their own ID, 
if someone else is taking care of their ticketing. Um, these are just things to, you know, watch while we're traveling. If mm -hmm. someone um, is bruised, if they have a tattoo of someone's name, um, even if we're at like school or something and someone um, starts to seclude themselves from you mm -hmm. um, or others, if they um, kind of change their appearance, if they have new clothes, new devices, new phone, mm -hmm. those things um, traffickers will buy for their um, victims to, mm -hmm. you know, give them these things and, and to, to show isolate them, that they them? Care. yeah exactly yeah. um yeah if they're um if they're drinking more if they're doing drugs more if they're gone for days at a time mm -hmm. um those are all big red flags um mm -hmm. if they have a tattoo of someone's name um the tattoo of a dollar sign those are things that mm -hmm. um, traffickers will brand them with mm -hmm. um even like a hair salon like if someone's coming in and um, say like it's a young girl and then the guy's doing all the talking. Mm -hmm. So if someone's not letting that person talk, then that's a really bad sign. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So those are some of the signs. Okay. And that's, uh, could be, you could be mindful of that kind of anywhere, right? Anywhere. Mm -hmm. Like it yeah. doesn't even necessarily have to be in a salon or transportation, yeah. but those are the main hubs, mm -hmm. but it could be. Yeah, anyway. grocery store. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, absolutely. And the the branding, mm -hmm. is it really just for that, just a brand to be like, that's ours? Yeah, it's, you know, like a control thing mm -hmm. and uh, like a belittling, you know, dehumanizing them. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I've heard actually a lot of um, ministries out there that help them like change the tattoo branding, which is really cool and does yeah. something more beautiful. Uh-huh. That is cool. Yeah. Um, what, I guess what's the, because um, people listening may be like, okay, in America, it's not as bad, right? Or it's not maybe happening. And we've talked about how it is just everywhere. And you said even in Norco and Riverside County. Mm -hmm. And I guess what's, what's the numbers on that? If you have them off the top of your head mm -hmm. and then maybe what does it look like for transportation maybe in and out of our country yeah um we don't have any we're very careful when we give out statistics mm -hmm. just because you know it's we really only give out ones that we have um, uh -huh. researched ourselves um so we don't have any with like how many people are trafficked because it's near impossible to know yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but i mean it's i don't know like there's different there's Lots of hubs, and I know Riverside County is a hub, and really? even in Corona, like mm -hmm. on Sixth Street, that's a hub. Mm -hmm. And so it's it's really if if we pay close enough attention, like massage parlors, um, mm -hmm. nail salons, even like it's all hidden in plain sight. Mm -hmm. So it, I can say confidently, it happens in every city. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know how many stay and how many are transported somewhere, uh -huh. um, but. If we look close enough, we'll see it. Yeah. Yeah. What are, um, so 6th Street, you said, is one. Mm -hmm. In Norco, do you know the yeah. specific area? Are you allowed to share that? I don't. Yeah, there's, um, I've seen a lot of actually, um, the task forces have done a lot of raids in the hotels on Hamner. Mm -hmm. um, just, um, sometimes it's hard to tell if um, it's prostitution or if it's sex trafficking, um, but they have found a lot of um, either one of those at those hotels and arrested like 70 men at each hotel. Wow. And I've seen it happen a couple times this year, which is um, 
just wild. And it's really cool that they're, you know, starting to find yeah. these places. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, hotels, if you're out late at night and you might see people like, you know, soliciting on the side of the road and mm-hmm. certain parts of Riverside and Corona. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like driving to the airport, there's like some strip clubs over there and um, trafficking will happen in there also. Mm-hmm. Do you have a area in Riverside, the city of Riverside? Um, uh, yeah, University mm-hmm. Avenue. And there's a lot there. Mm-hmm. Um, or just beginning to kind of scope out that area. Mm-hmm. There's two different um, locations, but I know that one for sure. Um, yeah, there is a lot of trafficking on that road for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so we got into these specific areas and things to be mindful of. I guess mm-hmm. the next step is, okay, you're out, you're in these areas, you see it happen. Mm-hmm what's the next step from that moment? Yeah, that's huge. Um, The trafficking hotline, let me get it so that you guys can write it down. Mm -hmm. But that's um, really important just to have on hand. So they Mm -hmm. have, this is the U.S. hotline. Um, The one that you can call is 1-888-373-7888. And you you can call them. Repeat that again? Yeah, yeah. One eight 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 three seven three seven eight eight eight. Um, so that's the one you can call, and they're so helpful on the mm-hmm. phone. I've called and reported things, and they give you a case number and mm-hmm. ask you the right questions. Um, but it's always really important um, not to try and intervene mm-hmm. and not to try to be the heroes. Um, mm-hmm. I think that comes so naturally to us as humans. Um, yeah. And it's something I've learned so much about. Mm-hmm. Um, but that actually, you know, intervening could put us in danger and it could also put them in more danger. Mm-hmm. And so it's important to know our, our role and our lane. And um, the hotline is the best place to start mm-hmm. um, there's also a texting one which like if you can't talk on the phone because you're watching it happen the texting mm-hmm. one is two three three seven three three and I, two three just, three seven three three mm-hmm. um and they'll just kind of walk you through what to do uh-huh. and you know if they um they're professionals and they know like okay this really could be something this is something to keep an eye on even mm-hmm. if it's just like I saw this, I don't know what it is, they'll take note of it. Yeah. And, you know, if people keep calling about that location or something, then they'll have enough to, to do something about it. So that's the first step um, that people can do. It's really important. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I feel like that's huge. Yeah. If pe- people just knew, like if everybody could just know those two mm-hmm. numbers, right? Yeah, absolutely. I use them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I know like a lot of police officers and I still go to that one first because uh-huh. that's the people that know what to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think that's, is there anything on top of that even after in that moment, specific moment? Yeah. Um, if you're talking to someone, like if you have a conversation with someone mm-hmm. um, and then you realize, oh my gosh, something might be happening. You know, it's, you can always like slip them a piece of paper with the number on it. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, just ask if they need help. But um, it's really most important to refer to that because we don't, we you know, trafficking is so organized. Someone could be watching them, yeah. you know, someone could be waiting for them. Mm-hmm. So um, you can have conversations like that and inquire, um, but you just have to be really careful about what you say. Yeah. And would you say that even more so somebody definitely is watching them? Yeah. For the most part. Yeah, I would say they probably have someone watching them. There's mm-hmm. certain times where they're so 
groomed that they're allowed to go out by themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but usually there's someone there. Mm-hmm. Um, it, let me ask this. And if I'm ever pushing like where I shouldn't, you know, mm-hmm. like say, hey, we can't really talk about yeah. that. To- you know, I, I get that. But maybe <clears throat> what's some of the. Because when you're, you said they're so groomed, they could go out, they could do whatever. And mm-hmm. that's like a psychological thing at yeah. that point. So what, I guess, does that aftercare kind of look like yeah. for a victim who is in that maybe psychological state? Yeah. I would say most um, a, most victims that are being trafficked are not held in chains. Mm-hmm. So that psychological binding is most common mm-hmm. and we've seen that in every single one of our survivors um mm-hmm. in all of our countries mm-hmm. and it's the restoration is intense because mm-hmm. it is it's brainwashing yeah. and these people that they trusted um you know sold them mm-hmm. and trafficked them and so it, it's a lot of tender care mm-hmm. and a lot of patience yeah I'm not trying to rush the healing process mm-hmm. um but really i mean I learned so much through my time with survivors that my mm-hmm. only role is to love them mm-hmm. and um, to let them know I'm here, but, you know, not to push and not to, you know, when are you going to be better? You know, yeah. all these things we want them to be better, but in the psychological bondage is so intense and they have to rewire their brain. It takes a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, Kaylee, our co-founder always says she like, um, um, relates it to like a broken bone like it happens so quick but it takes mm-hmm. so long for it to heal mm-hmm. and that's you what know, a great example yeah i mean she's a therapist so she really understands all of this and she's been able to teach us also and so it's a lot of patience and a mm-hmm. whole lot of love wow yeah that's yeah it's just it's intense to think about it's absolutely a, it's a lot yeah it is a lot but i think it's I don't know, like you said, when you start small, mm-hmm. you just day by day, day by day, day by day. Yeah. And even just moments like this, because I'm learning a ton. Yeah. You're teaching me a lot. And I think people who listen to this, same thing. It, it kind of starts, right, with that kind of eye-opening moment. Yeah. And you, I think even with the practical, like that we've been talking about, here's some practical mm-hmm. things. and Because um, I think some people may think to themselves or say, well, why should I care? So to speak, you know? Yeah. And I think a lot of people think that way for a lot of different things, but just in what we've been talking about and just how local this can be and Mm -hmm. is, yeah, not can be, it is. Yeah. I think you hear a lot of people talking about like, I want to love my city. I want to take care of my city. That means the people in it. Yeah, you know, absolutely. So I think one of those, especially churches, you know, um, churches really are getting back to kind of the ground roots. It seems like at where it's like, how do we take care of our community? How do we take care of our people, our city, um, the things we got going on here? And so I guess for churches, Mm -hmm. how can we play a part in making this stop? How can we play a part in um, even spreading awareness, stuff like that? Yeah. I always say trafficking is 100% preventable. Mm -hmm. And prevention doesn't get as much attention as rescue does. Mm -hmm. You know, like not as glamorous. But I 
love talking about prevention because if we could not have to rescue anymore, yeah. I mean, that'd be the dream. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so we always talk about the best thing we can do to prevent trafficking is to make sure those around us know that they're loved. Mm-hmm. Because if they know they're loved and they know they're seen, they're not going to look for it somewhere else. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not going to be the ones that are vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And so it's for the church making sure that everyone feels like they have a place, you know, like yeah. there's no outsiders, you know, people mm-hmm. struggling with things that are really difficult, yeah. um, you know, things that cause them shame, you know, to have a safe place for them where they don't need to run and hide anymore, mm-hmm. where they can come in and be, you know, fully loved and heard and seen. I think is huge for the church mm-hmm. because that has been lost. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's just getting back to ultimately like Jesus came, died for everybody. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a seat at the table for everybody, mm-hmm. you know? And I think oftentimes we as church goers get used to the comfiness and the cushiness and the, like I've been, I'm, I've been doing my holy, holy yeah. life, you know? And so when people, come from not that holy life whatever that means yeah you kind of look at them as an outsider or treat them as like well i'm here and you're there mm-hmm. and we need to get back to like you said i see you i hear you i yeah. know that you're there and hey i'm in the same struggle bus as you yeah you know and we talked about it even earlier um just the church we talked about it before we started recording, but the church, it's okay and should be like more known and more um, often that we admit when we're wrong. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> like it's okay to step into that, to kind of create that vulnerability that a lot of people come with and mm-hmm. maybe are met by like a wall though. You know, people come yeah. with vulnerability and are just met with like, mm, whoa, that's yeah. church is for everybody, but <laughs> that's a little real. That yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. And just getting to a place to where we can be that, yeah. you know, and that's 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 going to be a long, hard road. Yeah. And nobody gets it perfect. Mm-mm. Nobody gets it perfect. And that's like something that I kind of put hope in because I um, just as you know, when you're working in a situation like you are in the mm-hmm. for free reign, it can seem overwhelming when it seems like things don't change in two two weeks. Like we've been going at it strong for two yeah. weeks and it doesn't seem like we're making a dent, you know? But mm-hmm. I think just getting to the point where it's like day by day, and I know we've talked yeah. about that too, but day by day, to eventually get to a place where, yes, we have that mindset, we have that mentality, so we can be open and have our eyes open for prevention. Yeah. Because that would be the greatest thing. Absolutely. I, and I imagine just there's churches everywhere with hundreds, thousands of people. If you could just get it in the heads of those people mm-hmm. for these just simple, simple pre- uh, prevention tactics. Yeah, that absolutely. Would, that would be huge. Mm-hmm. That would be insane. Yeah. And so I don't know where I'm going with that, <laughs> but I'm just talking out loud. And yeah, I think on a large scale, people think more so. Like what's going on? What's happening in the mm-hmm. large scale? What are the numbers? Right? I've even asked that, and you're like, "Well, we don't. We're like more focused on the individual." And I love that. You know, I love that, and I'm I'm learning. And so maybe do you want to talk about free reign more in depth yeah. to maybe talk about like all the programs, all the things you guys have going on? Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Free Rain, um, we're based in Patsia, Thailand. Mm-hmm. And, and Patsia is it's the sex tourism capital of the world. So mm-hmm. it's where the most people come to buy sex. Okay. Um, that's where our um, office is. And that's where I lived for the past two years um, mm-hmm. with our really incredible team out there. Um, but we also have locations in um, India, a couple other ones in Southeast Asia. We have mm-hmm. one in Kenya and Mexico. Um, and so we really love partnering, you know. We mm-hmm. don't just start these things. We, we love to partner with someone that wants to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so our programs include, um, the first one we created was Sheer Love International, mm-hmm. um, which our founder is a hairdresser. And so okay. it was a hair school. Uh-huh. Um, and so we have, um, in Patia, we have uh, men and women coming off of the streets and working in the brothels and the clubs and um, Mm -hmm. freelancing. Mm -hmm. Um, We meet them on the streets and then um, they get to come to school and it's really amazing. So the school is a year long and it's a vocational training. Um, So by the end of it, they don't have to go back to working on the streets anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, they now are licensed in hairdressing or barbering. And then we set them up with, you know, interviews and some of them, a lot of them actually create their own barber shops or hair mm-hmm. salons after. So, um, yeah, Sheer Love is all hair. We do church every week together. We mm-hmm. do devotions with them every day, English classes, Thai classes if they're illiterate. Um, and and then we just started So Free, which is so fun. Um, and that's our sewing program oh, okay. in Thailand. Uh-huh. Yeah, so it actually came out of COVID mm-hmm. because all the red light districts shut down and there's so many women out of work. Mm-hmm. And so then one of our graduates was like, well, I know how to do beanies. Can I teach them? And now she runs our whole school. So uh-huh. we have seven survivors and um, they can come anytime. Mm-hmm. So right when they're when they decide they're done working on the mm-hmm. streets, then they can directly come to us and mm-hmm. we help them, you know, find safe housing, move them out of their brothels. Um, and they get to come and make beanies mm-hmm. and slippers and scarves and masks. So uh-huh. um, those are our programs in, in Thailand. And then, you know, globally we do, you know, things like this. We speak and we mm-hmm. educate and mm-hmm. um, we're always, you know, learning and learning from others. Um and coming up with you know new new programs and new different locations and we love we love educating so we've put out like a six-week training for people that want to learn more on their own it's online um free reign int international International. Mm -hmm. international.com yeah i was trying to think i thought the website was abbreviated int i think it's free reign int yeah dot org yeah um so you can go on there and then there's like there's so many trainings Mm -hmm. um like we have lots of videos you can watch and lots of resources. So mm. I, I love educating. So that's a fun one for me is uh-huh. um, just, you know, watching these videos come out and getting to do some of them and um, blog posts and resources mm-hmm. all over the place on our free range sites. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So and we're always expanding. We're always dreaming. We're a bunch of dreamers. So <laughs> it's really, really fun. Uh-huh. That's so cool. You mentioned it right now, the red light district shutting down Mm -hmm. because of COVID. Maybe um, what are are some things that have been affected maybe in a positive or negative way because of something like a global shutdown that that maybe you don't necessarily think about, you know, Mm -hmm. that people don't realize? You want to maybe talk about the cause and effect process in all of this? Absolutely. And we had always 
prayed for the red light districts to shut down. Uh-huh. I mean, that was like our big prayer. <laughs> we never thought it happened. <laughs> but then it happened and uh-huh. we were like, oh no, like, what do we do now? Uh-huh. Like, we weren't prepared for yeah. something like that. And so it was so cool for the Lord to just, you know, give us this idea for So Free and for our graduates to run the school. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it it gave us, in the, in the beginning, we had like 25, I think, you know, survivors coming off the streets. And it just started as a small little thing. Um and then, you know, they were able to stay and people bought beanies and we mm-hmm. were able to keep employing them. And that's mm-hmm. how we, that's how they stopped being trafficked and, and working on the streets is because we, we get to give them a salary now mm-hmm. for this new job they have. Um, and so it was crazy to see like, yeah, the pandemic has been awful, but mm-hmm. what about these seven survivors that, yeah. you know, now get to make beanies for a living instead <laughs> of selling themselves? Uh-huh. So that's been like really incredible for us to watch and you know them going back to the red light districts and talking with their former co-workers mm. and all of mm-hmm. these things um it's really cool that we've been given this opportunity mm-hmm. with them mm-hmm. so i think this is like a big one that we're kind of seeing an uprising in our culture today um but with this idea of sex work mm-hmm. So do you maybe want to talk about that? You, yeah. Because you're going to know way more about this. But from what um, you see, people are advocating for sex work, yeah. I think, without really necessarily knowing what goes into it. Yeah. It seems that way yeah. online. And I don't, I personally don't think sex work needs to be a thing. I think mm-hmm. the question should be, why is it that people need to do this to make money like that? You know, yeah. I think those are the bigger questions to be asking, not advocating for this it's like whoa yeah. why is this even a thing at all that people need to make money yeah i think those are the bigger questions but do you maybe just want to talk about that and yeah maybe talk about what sex work actually entails yeah. because like i said i don't think people realize what it entails yeah. yeah um it's it's difficult um i guess it's good to start with the porn industry mm-hmm. um where the consumers of porn um don't really realize that a lot of people that they're watching on the screens are being trafficked. Mm-hmm. Um, they're being abused. Um, they're underaged. Um, they don't want to be there. You know, things mm-hmm. that don't they don't get to say yeah. while people are watching that. Um, and so it's it's important to shed light on porn um, because it's you know it's like we always say it's like a gateway to sex um, mm-hmm. buying. Um, no one just decides to fly across the world to get sex, you know, most likely they've been watching it online and eventually that's not satisfying enough. Mm -hmm. So then they go to um, the woman in their area and that's not satisfying enough. And so it's always something more. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also think it's important to talk about that because that's a struggle. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people struggle with that and there's no shame in that. You know, Mm -hmm. there's, we, we care about those people that are struggling with that. There's tons mm-hmm. of resources. Um, Fight the New Drug is- I love them. Yeah. I love yeah, them. They're insane. I love them. Yeah, we we love them also. They're incredible. Mm-hmm. And they have so many resources. Yeah. Um, but really, it's tough with sex work because there will always be a supply if there's always a demand. Mm-hmm. And so we really need to reach out to the men and um, make sure they know they're seen and they're heard. Mm-hmm. And like- they're not weird or crazy, you know, yeah. this is an addiction and just like any other addiction, it needs 
and they need help mm-hmm. and they don't need to feel all this you know shame and yeah. they can come to us and so mm-hmm. i love talking with all the customers in thailand i mean it's an honor to get mm-hmm. to hear their story and to know like they're really hurting and they're just looking for a companion you know they're they're trying to fill something in their soul that mm-hmm. is empty right now mm-hmm. um so i think it's it's really important to talk about you know the customers and the consumers um that um then the supply needs to be um there for them mm-hmm. and so a lot of our women in thailand aren't necessarily trafficked by a trafficker mm-hmm. and so we always say like The the biggest question I get from customers is um, like, well, they want to be here, you know, mm-hmm. like why are they here then? And we always say, if this was their choice, then what were their options? Yeah, like if they had a better option, good. they wouldn't be here, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and a lot of the times when I talk to women still working in the brothels or clubs or on the street, it's that they need to feed their family. And it's mm-hmm. really as simple as that as if they don't get a customer tonight then their family won't eat. Mm-hmm. And so it's not because it's something they dreamed of, yeah. it's because they're desperate, you know, and mm-hmm. they need to eat and mm-hmm. their children need to eat. Mm-hmm. Um and so it it gets difficult when people are, you know, thinking that this is an empowering thing for women. Yeah. It might be a coping skill, you mm-hmm. know, that they say it's empowering, but I haven't heard anyone that, you know, wanted to grow up to be a prostitute. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just not something that people want to do. Mm-hmm. And so it is it's difficult when there's, you know, so many, you know, opinions about this, but yeah. it's dangerous. It's mm-hmm. um even in Holland, you know, it's legalized and there's all they've set up so many things, but still women are being hurt and Um, it's just a really dangerous thing to be a part of. You know, mm-hmm. it's you know, no one wants to be out there so vulnerable to not just the customers they're taking, but also to the rest of the women on the street, the rest mm-hmm. of the pimps, and the rest of the traffickers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it's is really dangerous. And if we think about you know what they have to go through, it's it's nothing that anyone dreams to do. Mm-hmm. Is there? And can you get a little bit more into that? Maybe certain abuses or yeah. things that that bring them uh, to there. Yeah, because yeah. I think, like I said, it's just I think it's an ignorance to this to prostitution, and mm-hmm. now it's called sex work, right? Yeah. Um, but I think it's an ignorance to this these types of abuses and to certain things that happen that you don't even realize. You know. Yeah. So you may want to go in a little bit more to that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, a lot of people that, you know, end up working on the streets and I'm um, taking customers. Um, a lot of them are, you know, coming from foster care, mm-hmm. you know, because they don't see the value in themselves. You know, they're, they've struggled their whole life and no one's shown them love. And so they don't think they're worthy of anything. Mm-hmm. And so then, then the next step for them is to go You know, there's not a lot of programs for foster kids, you know, after they graduate or age out. And so that's where a lot of them end up because mm-hmm. they don't have the loving family that they, you know, mm-hmm. were supposed to have. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a huge factor. And um, working with foster kids is a huge mm-hmm. way to prevent it. You know, mm-hmm. that's a very simple way to uh, make sure that they know that um, they don't need to do that. Um mm-hmm. And so that's a huge um, way that people will end up 
working on the streets and um, taking customers. Um, another is, yeah, if they've already been sexual abu- sexually abused, um, then they already, you know, and they don't feel like they're worthy of love, that mm-hmm. they'll end up there, um, which is really awful. You know, if they've already been abused and if um, they already think little of themselves, mm-hmm. then this isn't going to be a big deal to them because mm-hmm. they don't see their worth. So mm-hmm. it's not a big deal to them. Um, but to us who love them, it's like, oh, my gosh, you're worth so much more than that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So those are, yeah, some of the big ways that people might not end up being trafficked, but, mm-hmm. you know, being in a situation where they have to sell themselves to make mm-hmm. money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the bigger question, right? Like, yeah. why are we yeah, creating a place that people need to do this in order to make this money? Yeah. You know? I think what you talked about, too, the supply Mm-hmm. Or excuse me, the demand for it. Yeah. And unfortunately, if people, like you said, if they need food, they don't know what else to do. They're desperate and somebody has a demand for this and yeah. they can make money. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's there's obviously there's no like regulations. Like you said, in Holland, yeah. they've done regulations, yeah. right? Quote unquote. And I'm sure they're awful. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's really nothing or, or they made them, but nobody enforces them. Right? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm assuming that's mm-hmm. kind of what it's like. Yeah. So yeah, this idea of empowerment, I don't, it, it just is backwards to me in my head. Yeah. Cause I don't really, I don't really understand it. I don't think dehumanizing people is empowering people. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't see it as that, mm-hmm. you know, if they think that they're, the women are enjoying this, then mm-hmm. they don't think they're dehumanizing it. And that's a lot of, a lot of the men I talk to just don't think it's a big deal. When, mm-hmm. when I break it down of like, no, they're actually doing this so their kids can have a dinner tonight. Mm-hmm. Then, I mean, I've had men like bawling in a brothel with me really? just because they haven't, they never thought about that. They uh-huh. didn't, they never humanized them mm-hmm. and thought about their family or thought about, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe they don't want to sleep with a lot of guys every night, you know, mm-hmm. like. They're just, and that's a coping skill for the men to not even think about that. Mm -hmm. Because if they think about it, then they have to do something about it Mm -hmm. or live with that guilt. Mm -hmm. And right now they don't have any guilt because they don't know anything about these women. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that because you you mentioned it earlier and it's like any addiction, it's like you do want more and more and more. And I think a lot of it does start in porn, right? Mm -hmm. You start by the screen, but then eventually want more and more and realer and realer and realer till. Then you get to the point where now you have people flying over there yeah. to have, I need the real deal, you know? Yeah. Just, that's amazing that you're talking to these these men and mm. having them bawling. That's amazing. Yeah. Like, that's, that's beautiful. Crazy. And I, I really love this, um, during this quarantine time this year, a lot of things have been brought to light, right? Because I think a lot of people are sitting around and mm-hmm. um, human beings, as I've noticed, like to fight for something you know or fight against something and just Mm -hmm. many times don't know what yeah but i loved i love seeing the things that are happening in the porn industry with Pornhub and like um certain banks not even letting their cards be accepted on the site yeah and stuff like that and that's amazing right what was going through your guys's minds and free reign and just what were the conversations when you when you see something like that Oh my gosh, we were just over the moon. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, like Pornhub is just, it seems like such a big giant. Mm-hmm. And to see um, Exodus Cries, the organization that has been running um, all these campaigns and mm-hmm. protests and um, 
What is it when you sign a petition? A petition, yeah. Um, they've gotten like 2.5 million mm-hmm. signatures on mm-hmm. it. And so just to see them like spearhead that and to get to support them in it. And I've been out to LA and to where the headquarters of Pornhub is. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing like 10 different organizations coming together to mm-hmm. support these women and to support their survivors. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, it, it's like we don't have words because it's so insane. And I think it's amazing that you know, like, yeah, all these credit card, all these banks are saying no. And, uh-huh. you know, women, their videos are getting taken down. Uh-huh. Like when that they, in it. When they've been trying forever mm-hmm. to get it taken down, right? Yeah. We had, when I was in LA at one of the um, events to shut down Pornhub, there was a survivor there. And, you know, she was still like begging Pornhub to take her videos down. Like, mm-hmm. please, like, to like first have to go through that is awful, but mm-hmm. for it to be filmed and for people yeah. to be able to download it and keep it forever is unspeakable, mm-hmm. you know? And so to see like, um, I think Canada has been like like one of the first um, countries to really say no to this. Mm-hmm. It's been just incredible, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, so you, you're you seeing these things happening. I, mm-hmm. I love it, right? Yeah. There's a lot of things that people are fighting for, advocating for, and this is a great thing, yeah. you know, and we'll be wrapping up the conversation, but I hope that we can do more of this yeah. because I think education, like you said, you, you are passionate about it. I could see it. Yeah. You, you have the answers. You have them ready to go, and I love it. But I think it does start there with just the education and letting people know and giving people these pathways and these avenues to, like, yeah. do something, mm-hmm. you know. I think um, – that's why a lot of people don't get involved in things because they don't know how to or they don't yeah. know what to do. And you and we'll put them in the show notes. But the mm-hmm. the numbers that you gave for mm-hmm. texting, for calling, yeah. and even just the simple practical ways um, to things to be mindful of. Yeah, like all of those things were like it's it's so cool when you put it in a perspective like that because it turns into something that you can do. It yeah. turns into something that is oh i this is something that i can commit to that i can yeah. do and now i'm um, i'm gonna try to be like super mindful of just my surroundings and yeah. aware and just yeah. be more paying attention i just i didn't know all those things yeah. so thank you for sharing all of that is there anything else that you'd like to close with and talk about and just get off your mind whatever it may be uh and feel free you have you have the floor it's not like oh hurry up right no 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 no. like if you need the next 10 minutes to share something by all means no i think i mean just what you're talking about about like it seems intimidating but it really can be tangible and Mm -hmm. i i think it's important in this fight you know against injustice is that Mm -hmm. we you know find what we're passionate about Mm -hmm. like we don't need to be like some other advocate, you know, mm-hmm. like I don't need to be like everyone else on my team, mm-hmm. you know, because if we had a million Julianne's, mm-hmm. we would only be doing this simple thing, you know, mm-hmm. like if we had the Lord has given us unique giftings and passions mm-hmm. um, for a reason. Yeah. And so it's it's really cool for me to see like everyone finding their own lane mm-hmm. and that there's so many different ways to get involved. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to look like what you've seen mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it could look like something completely different we haven't thought of yet yeah and so i just want to encourage everyone of like you know it doesn't need you don't need to be like me and move overseas mm-hmm. you know like there's just so many other ways and ask the lord ask him to sh- you know ask him what your role is and what yeah. your lane is and how you he can make this practical for you so mm-hmm. 
And it's been a fun journey for me with the Lord of him mm-hmm. giving me different passions and different ideas. So I'm mm-hmm. like, I didn't even think about this before. <laughs> so it really gives us a lot. Um, and it really increased my prayer life, mm-hmm. you know, to ask him and not just do it on my own. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. Well, is there any events or anything specific for with Free Reign International yeah. coming up that you want to maybe share or oh, talk yeah. about? We have our gala coming up. I'm so glad you asked. Let me get the website for you. So our gala is um, this Saturday. Oh, it might be late, huh? It's coming out on Thursday. Oh, so, perfect. Yeah. Yeah, so it's this Saturday, um, April 10th. Let me get the website. So our gala is usually in person, but obviously it's going to be online this year. But mm-hmm. our founders will be sharing. We'll have mm-hmm. a, like three new videos that our mm-hmm. videographer has done in Thailand. Mm-hmm. Um stories about our students just it is really fun and it's educational and it's it's pretty exciting Mm -hmm. um but the website is um bit.ly b-i-t dot l-y slash awaken gala 2021 Mm -hmm. so you can go on there and you can you know pick your little package you want we'll Mm -hmm. ship you out some stuff and um that's just a really good first step to be educated and to learn about what's going on globally Mm -hmm. um and then the other way to really support our survivors um, is to um, support through our So Free um, product. And so mm-hmm. if you have a birthday or if you, you know, need to get something for someone to go check out what we have, it's sewfree.org. Mm-hmm. Um, and that will support our, our girls and our survivors. So mm-hmm. those are the, the two that come to mind. Cool. And then just all the other workshops you guys have. I think yeah. you guys run them year round, I think, now since COVID happened. And yeah. like anybody, it's... Uh, you could do if there's just an individual if you have mm-hmm. a life group and you're yeah. listening or if, if you want to get together with your family or a few yeah. friends you could do all of those things all of them through freerainint.com or dot org excuse dot org, me yeah. so lit there's so many resources yeah, so many absolutely. resources through free rain julianne i'm very grateful for you being here i hope we could do this more and i honestly look forward to how our church can really yeah. get involved and really move forward and of course if anybody's listening you could donate to free rain international they have mm-hmm. all of the stuff everything <laughs> that you need there yeah. on their website it's great i love that right in the digital age you guys are doing yeah. you guys are killing it <laughs> we got it <laughs> but julianne thank you so much yeah. for being here i really appreciate it yeah absolutely thanks for giving us this space that's all we got for you today (laughs) julianne you're my new best friend uh but thanks for listening guys we'll see you next time